Hello and welcome to For My Roll Podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Vicky. So today, May 19th, uh, we got the announcement, uh, well, I got it via Facebook, that Gen Con 2020 is canceled. So obviously, this is very sad news for the board game community. It's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, board game convention. Um, so they did say that for anyone that was planning to attend and bought a ticket, um, they will appreciate it in order to keep everyone employed for the next year if you guys want to roll over your ticket for next year. But if you can't, they are issuing refunds. Sucks that <laughs> you won't be able to go if you were planning to, but hopefully next year everything's somewhat back to normal and maybe we can go. Yeah, maybe we can join you. Yeah. Okay, on to games we played this week. First off, we played a game with our son called Monopoly Gamer. Monopoly! I'm yeah. kidding. No, it's not Monopoly. No, it's, uh, it definitely improves upon normal Monopoly. We're not allowed to play that. No, not in this household. <laughs> so far, we've bought two, I think it's only two games. Yes. Um, at our son's behest. One is called Monopoly Gamer, and one is called Monopoly Gamer Mario Kart. Yes. So the one that we played was Monopoly Gamer Mario Kart, which is actually, both of these games are pretty fun. Uh, and they come with little kind of expansion booster packs where you yeah. can buy, it comes with four characters, but I think we bought two extra characters. Yes. In these little, it looks like booster pack mm-hmm. packs at GameStop or something like that. Yes. So it works a little differently than Mario, or, or than, I'm sorry, than Monopoly, in that you kind of do the typical Mario Kart stuff. You throw shells at each other. You still buy properties with um, with coins. Yes. But you can hit the person in front of you with a, with a shell. There are thwomps on, on the board that make you drop coins. Basically, you're dropping a lot of coins, and people going through are... Or picking them up. Anybody who passes through behind you are able to pick up the coins that you dropped. Um, other features of Monopoly are kind of, kind of similar. Yeah, you could drop bananas. Yeah, you could drop bananas to make people stop on your property or mm-hmm. on a hazard, possibly. But the fun part about this game, besides that you can kind of mess with each other, is that you get to have races. So mm-hmm. um, the good thing about it is you don't go on and on and on like a normal Monopoly game where it's like four hours later and you're still playing. Yeah. It comes with the built-in timer, which mm-hmm. are cards, um, and they're race cards. Mm-hmm. So every time you pass go... Any will, player passes go. Yeah, yeah. You will collect two coins, and then you will have a race. And everybody gets to participate in mm-hmm. a race. And a race is just luck. I mean, you just roll a die, and whoever rolls the highest wins. Mm-hmm. But at least it still adds some type of... Um, timer to it and you also get benefits for winning the the race like yeah based on what mm-hmm. place you got like first second and third some of mm-hmm. them you only get first and second prize mm-hmm. some of them you only get one but... and also the interesting about thing about it too is that even if you have a lot of money or own a lot of properties at the end it sh- it's just all based on how many points you have mm-hmm. so the properties have points but most of the points you get them from the from the races so even if you end up having to sell off your properties to pay off someone else or anything like that, if you can keep your race cards, which you will because they can be taken away from you, you should be able to hopefully win the game. The last race has 100 points. Yeah. And you're constantly 
you drop so many coins in this game that you're constantly buying and selling properties. You don't keep them forever. No. They're always coming and going because everybody's going for each other. Yes. Maybe that's just because we're playing with three players. But, yeah, it was just a massacre out there. Everybody was getting a ton of money and dropping it all and selling back all their properties. So um, So definitely check it out. It's by Hasbro, um, designed by Joe Bradford, mm-hmm. and it's two to four players. Um, I would also recommend to check out the other Monopoly, yeah, gamer. Monopoly Gamer. That one has boss fights, but it's pretty much the same concept. Yeah, except for you have to, I think in that one you have to roll a specific number. Yes. Or between specific numbers. Yes. But in the in the Mario Kart one, you're just trying to get the highest one. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, both a ton of fun and a big, big improvement on regular. Less monopoly. painful. <laughs> a lot less painful. <laughs> it's shorter. It's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so on to our next game. Kahuna. Yeah, Kahuna. This is from our beloved Cosmos two-player line, which. I think we played most of them. Most of them. I think there's some that are, are either out of print or we can't find. But I think we have most of the two-player Cosmo games. And we love, yeah, obviously if we have most of them, that means we, we love them. Yes. So Kahuna is no exception. Uh, it's a quick, a quick two-player game. I would say it's pretty quick, right? I think it says 30 minutes on the box. Yeah. I mean, it's not super quick, but yeah, it's... Pretty quick game, small box, and practically no setup. You just put the board in the middle of the table and pick your color, black or white, and that's it. Yeah, and there's shuffle a, deck of cards. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's, it's a area control game, really abstracted. It, the theme is like islands in Hawaii mm-hmm. or I'm some sure. island Kahuna. chain. <laughs> it's very, very abstracted, kind of a pasted-on theme. You're just you're just trying to trying to get control of the of the islands in this game by having certain number of of sticks of connecting bridges sticks of bridges yeah there you go mm-hmm. that was a <laughs> of bridges the the connecting things I between islands whatever you. those are called yeah no but of bridges between islands yeah mm-hmm. and uh, you're playing these cards to connect the islands. And the other player is trying to either take those those off or connect more bridges. Mm-hmm. And if you have more bridges than the other one, you have control of that island and you kick your opponent's bridges off mm-hmm. all the connections from that island. Mm-hmm. So there's this cool kind of cascading effect that can happen where they could lose control of like three to four islands just by playing one yeah, bridge. Yeah, should play the right one. Yeah, in the right moment. Um, anyways, yeah, you do three rounds of that, and it's over. Like I said, quick 30-minute game. Two-player only, Cosmos game. Um, designed by Gunter Cornett. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, it's good, probably one of the first mm-hmm. Cosmo games we played, the two-player games. Yeah, very simple yeah. to grasp, but there's it's just like I said in the last episode, one of those games that it's very easy to pick up. Very easy mechanics, but there's a lot of strategy. You can develop yes. a lot of different strategies in it. Mm-hmm. So that's a mark of a good game. And next game that we played was Kalis. This is probably the heaviest game we played this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh. A classic. This game was, I think it was published forever ago. I think it was published Yeah, in the and 90s. I think the version we have is old. Yeah, we have. Like the we artwork. We have the first version. Yeah, the artwork is not anything 
impressive or anything like it looks really old <laughs> which is usually good for the old euros they're very yeah, they're ugly it, ugly artwork and great games it doesn't matter it's a great game it's just <laughs> when you look at it you're like yay <laughs> yeah well this version well that's not doing it very big of a of an honor but this one is by starry games yst starry games and uh designed by william atia so sorry starry i mean it's kind of ugly, but it's it's a great game. <laughs> you could definitely the board. You you could see what where everything goes. Yeah. Everything's put out. So don't. I'm not knocking the artwork too bad. It's just you know it's one of the old Euro games. Yeah. If you've been gaming a while. You've seen them. <laughs> uh, plays two to five players. Worker placement game, and it's yeah it's a great worker placement. It's pretty long. Even yeah. at two. And this one we had to restart a few times because it's. Just getting oh, the rules down. We just of, had to knock a little dust off the cogs. Yeah, remembering some of the rules. But once you get the hang of it, it just goes by quickly back and forth. Yes, and this game has a sliding scale of meanness to it. Uh, yes, yeah. when you got really upset. <laughs> it has this mechanic in it. Well, okay, so first of all, it has a mechanic in it that you, you, you can move a piece on the board mm -hmm. and this piece can possibly block off actions mm -hmm. like this whole a whole turn you could be setting workers on this board which moves downward. it's a road mm -hmm. yeah this road downward and uh there's a piece that moves down as kind of a timer mm -hmm. but you could possibly pay either pay money or you can take an an action that moves this plate this piece either forward or backward mm -hmm. so if you wanted to possibly you can negate your opponent's whole action or at least the ones towards the end yeah i mean, I mean depending you, how much you, money you have you can pay to, for it to go back well sometimes you don't even have to pay for it. i mean you can you can just just screw them over but yeah you can, if you ne can negate a whole action that somebody took their time to do then it's pretty mean yeah especially <laughs> since um it's so tight so every single mm -hmm. action that you have you're basically planning it to do another action down the road so if you can't do <laughs> what you were planning to do then uh, you kind of already lost the whole turn yeah and also you have to pay to you put have to the, pay to do every action you, yeah. ha you have to pay to put the worker down so then if so not only are you stealing their action away you're you're wasting their money yeah too uh yeah so if you see obviously in my in our game i made it well i guess it was obvious that i had a system going to kind of farm victory points and vicky was starting to see and exploit that so uh of course you take turns going back and forth she was kind of putting a cog in my gears because i had this whole system set up so she was taking actions that were screwing up my system yeah you know and i mean you are allowed to use your opponent's buildings or whatever mm -hmm. actions you want you just have to pay mm -hmm. and your opponent gets one victory point which might be worth it you know yeah but if you need one action in order for the other action to work then at the point that we've been talking about <laughs> it so long just shows how crunchy of a game it is <laughs> um obviously a great euro game it's a classic i'm sure it's up there as one of as one of the greatest euros 
I know it was up on the list for a long time because it was put out so long ago. Mm -hmm. So if you like worker placement, you don't have to play it mean if you don't want to. If you're if you don't want to be mean to somebody, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's kind of inevitable, but you don't have to take their whole turn away. I don't think we ever took an action away from each other. No, it was just that I got jealous of what you were doing, so I wanted some of the action. Yeah, and I still won anyway, so it was fine. Yeah, it's just I was falling behind. I was trying to find a way. I was like, oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. And there's also a new version now, if you want a more oh, the replay. updated. Well, you, yeah. you don't want the old one now. I mean, eh. I, it's probably out of print. I'm kind of used version. to ours now, but. Yeah, we're not going to get rid of our version. The guy um, looks like Lord Farquaad. A Euro's a Euro. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, the. Uh, the new version of Kalos is out. I don't know if it's it's still in print or what, but we did see a new version come out. Uh, so that is Kalos. We'll have to do a deep dive on that one someday. Okay, and the next one is another game that we played with our son this weekend. Mm-hmm. Very easy game, Ramen Fury. Yeah, which, just talk about how cute it is. It's adorable. It's a ramen package, <laughs> and then when you open it inside, there's a box which looks like ramen, <laughs> like crunchy, crunchy ramen, yep. like uncooked. And then yeah, inside, like Maruchan ramen bag. Yeah. And then inside of it, there's all the cards and there's tiny little spoons, mm-hmm. little tiny bowl cards. Which, let's be honest, is the reason you bought it. Yes. But it actually, once we started playing it, I'm like, oh, I mean, obviously it's not the best, 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 crunchiest game ever, but mm-hmm. I prefer it. It's kind of like the same theme as sushi go it's like sushi go without the drafting so i kind of prefer it more than sushi go it goes quicker yeah this is set collection game you're building bowls of ramen you get three bowls each Mm -hmm. uh you're filling those bowls with five different cards yes you start with a hand of three and you every turn you have two actions you can draw you can play to your bowls you can use your spoon to scoop an opponent's you can clear Yeah, and you have these little flavor packets, which are rules, basically, for your bowls. So you're either trying to get sets of two veggies, three meats, or one of each different kind of meat. Anyways, and you also have the action of eating the bowl, which is turning it over, sealing the setup so nobody can steal it, and putting it for scoring at the end of the game. Yeah, so if you decide to seal it and just start eating them quickly, you can possibly mess up the other people. Right. Because they haven't had a chance to finish yeah if you eat uh if you eat all your bowls before the other ones yeah Mm -hmm. so they gotta hurry up one more round after you've eaten all your bowls and that's the end of the game it's cute it has the beef packets and the shrimp packets and the fury packets which is a spicy packet (laughs) yeah which uh there are these chili peppers that are actually Mm -hmm. normally negative two points but there's a flavor packet which turns that around and makes them positive it has a tofu so it's it's cute (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Uh yeah, it's a good good little game. I don't know how much it was, but um I think it was less than twenty dollars. I think it was like twelve dollars. And honestly it was really cheap. Our in-depth review this week is going to be a game that we played a long time ago. Definitely one of our first and one of the first games to get me into deck building. One of the first games for us to get us into deck building. Yes. And that game is Imminent Domain. So Imminent Domain was published by Tasty Menstrual Games. The designer is Seth Jaffe plays two to four players. Today, we're not only going to be talking about the base game, but we also own both the expansions. One of the expansions is called Escalation. The other is called Exotica. And we also played two scenarios, Mm -hmm. uh, one with each game. 
so that we can kind of uh, also get into depth about those expansions. Yes. So I guess we could start off by just talking about the base game. Well, the base game, it's pretty much like um, conquer planets. Yeah, so it, it goes on these... Okay, so this is going to be fun because we can get into why our podcast is titled for my role oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you start off with a hand of cards that allow you to do different actions it's kind of like it uses the same mechanics as a lot of different deck builders in that you take an action that is printed on every card Mm -hmm. and then there is a role that's printed on the bottom of that card now when you take you can take one action and one role every turn Mm -hmm. so when you take the action it's a less powerful power of whatever card you're using. It's just a Mm one-time action. (laughs) And when you take a roll, you take from the stack one of these roll cards, Mm -hmm. which you add to your discard pile, but you can also boost them with other cards in your hand. Multiply them. Mm -hmm. So um, you could, let's just say you're taking a card, say Warfare. Mm-hmm. You could take it and you could play another three warfare cards from your hand and you have a power of four to do whatever it says for your role. Mm-hmm. Usually the role power is more powerful, especially if you're the one taking the role, because your opponent has the option to also take that role or to dissent. When they dissent, they're able to draw an extra card into their hands. Mm-hmm. The point of the game is to conquer these planet cards, which you got a starting planet, and you can continue to get them using different roles. Yes. You can get more planets, and to explore those planets, you can either conquer them by warfare, or you can civilize them. Colonize. Yeah, mm-hmm. colonize with the colonization card. Which I guess is like a lot of games that have the... Right planets <laughs> yeah exactly uh so yeah uh, you're just trying to get more victory points than your opponent by conquering these planets it's pretty mm-hmm. much it each planet usually will have well the base game definitely each mm-hmm. planet will have um victory points mm-hmm. there's also certain technology cards that will give you an action to just get one victory point from the from the supply right and you can also um make resources yeah some planets allow you to produce i guess produce resources, resources and mm-hmm. you could trade those resources in for victory points yes. as well so that's pretty much the the way you get victory points yeah and you could gather mm-hmm. more powerful technologies which allow you to do this more efficiently correct and are also sometimes worth more victory points but basically that's the gist of um of how unit domains played at least the base game and so we're going to get into the next ex- our next expansion we're going to talk about, which is called Escalation. So this one has a focus on warfare aspects. Mm-hmm. And in the game, there are, in the base game, there are smaller ships, there's medium-sized ships, and there are larger ships. And I think originally this was just meant to si- signify the medium ships are worth five fighters, mm-hmm. the bigger ships are worth ten fighters. But this expansion uses those and creates a new system with them there's a whole new action to convert three small fighters into one One medium medium and two mediums into one large fighter Mm -hmm. and those are used because they add certain uh, planets 
yes to the to the deck that can only be conquered with one medium fighter or one know, large fighter yes. or one large mm-hmm. and one large fighter is worth like mm-hmm. victory points it's one or, victory point right one or two actually right and this game adds a com- extra components and cards for a possible fifth player. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original game is from two to four players. Mm-hmm. Um, it has additional planets, which work in conjunction with the fighter exchanging. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it takes advantage of the new action. Of, yeah. New technology cards. And like we said, it mostly focuses on the fighters and like military actions. Yeah, and there's technology cards in this one where it starts adding, and I think this continues to the next expansion, where it adds technology cards that... Okay, so normally with technology cards, you need a certain amount of research that you're spending, which mm-hmm. is another role that you're using. Another card. And yeah. you also have to have a certain type of planet, which there are three different planets in the base game. This techno- It adds technologies, which you need one of each planet. For, mm-hmm. for this expansion, which was not in the base game. Normally it would be like, you know, two of one kind of planet, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, it it says you need all three of them for a certain type of uh, technology for this one. Yes, and this has a lot to do with the military, but you don't necessarily have to go the military route. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either just focus on... The military, the fighter action, the attacking action, mm-hmm. or you can just decide, oh, I'm not gonna take part in any of that. And every time, possibly, you know, there's mm-hmm. um technology cards that will let you get at some type of advantage or victories if you dissent. So if right. Tyler said I'm going to attack this planet, and I say I'm dissenting, then I get like one victory point or something like that. Right, which mm-hmm. is normally in the game when I would say, uh, so for my action, I'm going to survey. Mm-hmm. And for my role, <laughs> I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And the other player would say, oh, I'm, I'm going to dissent. Yeah, then you would just get or an extra card. Like, oh, I'll do it also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, to balance that out, in this game they had, what was it called, peace treaty? Yeah. Where you can actually get multiples of them. Mm-hmm. And if you have multiples of these peace treaty cards, which is a permanent technology you could keep buying, uh, then it it would stack. So I think you would get three victory points if you had three peace treaties and dissented from a war rule. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we also played the scenario cards on this one. Which are needed. Basically, it just gives you like a setup. So instead of following the normal setup where we both get the exact same amount of cards, mm-hmm. um, just one random planet, um, this one will tell you how many starting cards of each you would get each roll, yeah. and then if you get one usually will give you one technology to start one off starting with technology yeah. yes and one specific planet, planet. Mm-hmm. so then like that you can kind of build your strategy around it it kind of helps you to maybe figure out which way you're going to be focus, going yeah yes and uh mine turned out differently than hers mine uh we both kind of found out was a little overpowered my benefit for this one was that my to conquer planets it costed two less fighters and i think by the end i had like 12 planets or something yeah like that. it was ridiculous yeah i was just going crazy i couldn't keep and up <laughs> my deck i had cold my deck so much it was basically just warfare cards and one or two surveys in there and every turn i was just conquering planets like crazy and the survey cards led you um 
look through the planet deck and pick out one card right that you want to work on one one planet that you want to start either conquering or right colonizing right so so yeah be wary that one that one uh scenario card was a little op but what do you think about yours mine was kind of useless yeah so maybe (laughs) (laughs) experiment with them but it's okay i think it was still really interesting maybe you just had an underpowered one Compared and, to yours, yeah, yes. exactly. So maybe mine wasn't so overpowered. Maybe yours is just underpowered. Yes. Or know. maybe I just didn't use it correctly. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I had fun with mine, obviously, because I was just I had a crazy system. You just system like bomb on. everyone. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the other expansion. Exotica. Exotica. Yeah. So this one adds different types of planets. They're asteroids or exotic planets. Mm-hmm. Technically, the asteroids are not planets. I mean, when you're working on them, like building them, like either conquering them or... They're only mm, planets... When they're face down, when you're working on getting them right. flipped over. Mm-hmm. Once they're flipped over, and they're that's usually when they become like an active planet. In this case, it just becomes an asteroid. Yeah, so asteroids are, are a lot cheaper. Yes. A lot cheaper to conquer or to... Uh, colonize mm-hmm. than any other type of uh, than all the other planets basically yes but they give certain advantages but you also get no victory points from them you don't get any victory no points, victory no. points from them. but so there's you... things that you can get that will give you victory points for them yes or that help you it's technologies that that mm-hmm. help you do that so if you play it right you will be able to possibly get more victory points out of them um it also comes with another resource which is crystal yeah and also a set of stickers yes that let you put stickers on all the resources in the game yeah so they look pretty yeah and there's also an alien roll symbol which is pretty much just a little symbol on the corner of the card they have this pink symbol that are on that come up sometimes Mm mm-hmm that is is nothing it's worth nothing in the game until you get what's called a translator that translator could be on a planet card it could possibly be given to you through a technology card but that allows you to turn these alien symbols into a certain type of role symbol yes so it allows you to use it to boost any any type of role if you have multiples of it if you have multiple translators, you could translate it into multiple roles based mm-hmm. on whatever the translator does. Um, but there are some planets that give you minus victory points for having a certain number of them to kind of balance it out so it's not too powerful. We played scenario cards in this game, and it seemed a little more balanced. Yes, this one was a little bit more balanced. Um so it gives you about the same thing. So starting roll cards, and it will give you a planet and a technology card. But for this one, I think it was more subtle. Yes. It such a big difference. Mine kind of focused on the asteroids, so I think I started to try to have my whole strategy around the asteroids. Mm-hmm. The only thing where I think it I messed up is that I started getting a lot of those planets with the pink alien symbol. Mm-hmm. And if you have too many of them... It negates. Yes, so I think I ended up getting like minus six victory points from that. Right. Yeah, you definitely got to be careful. This really 
I mean, Escalation, it added things. Mm-hmm. But this Exotica, it added, like, whole new systems. Yeah. It added a ton of complexity to the game, a ton of just a whole new whole new waves of, uh, of strategy. Yeah, it's so more really, complicated. Right. So you really needed to focus. This, the scenarios didn't need to be too extreme, definitely. Mm-hmm. So that is... Imminent Domain, one of our favorites, obviously, because we uh, we named our podcast after it. <laughs> On to Death by Exposure. This week's Death by Exposure is a movie called Moon. This movie was put out in 2009. Directed by Duncan Jones and starring Sam Rockwell. This is a movie that I had already seen, but I wanted Vicky to see. We share an interest in sci-fi movies a bit. Uh, One of our favorites is Gattaca. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. So we kind of like a little more of the, I don't know what you call it, kind of psychological? Yeah. Little, I don't know, not too out there it's just kind of makes you think yeah i think yeah i mean i think when i heard moon i thought like oh great another movie about someone getting stuck in space and running out of oxygen and uh, blah 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 right and something bad happens it's a pretty generic title i'll I'll give it that (laughs) and i also didn't know who sam rockwell brockwell what sam Sam broccoli (laughs) sam broccoli was (laughs) He's like, it has Sam Rockwell. I'm like, I have no Sam idea. Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Okay. <laughs> like a rock in a will. I have no idea who this man is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was so surprised because he is in everything. This guy has a crazy acting career. Apparently nothing that I've ever seen, but right, not surprised. Right. It kind of had one of those kind of typical starts to it. So I was kind of excited to to get into it for sure and some sam rockwell really has a clinic in acting he's he is the sole actor in this movie for i would say 90 95 percent of the movie yes is just him pretty much it's just him and a robot yeah him and a robot voiced by kevin spacey which is a lot creepier now yes than it was when i first saw the movie yes that's <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I liked it. Um, I mean, I think towards the end, I was already, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Kind of knew what was going to happen, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, we don't want to give too many spoilers. And honestly, this wouldn't be a spoiler because I think this happens like 20 minutes in. But Kevin Spacey, I mean, why did I say Kevin Spacey? <laughs> Sam, Ro- Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Sam Rockwell ends up acting two different roles. Two different versions of himself. Yes. Basically. Uh, Two very different personalities. Yeah, which is brilliant actor-wise. Yeah. Yes. And um, kind of like Gattaca, it just kind of gives you like a picture of what how scary the future can be. Could be. Yeah. Could be. It's Yeah, it's great. I would watch it sci-fi. I don't want to give out too many Yeah, that's why I don't know what else here. to say without... Sam Rockwell is mining hydrogen i think it's no it's a certain helium product it's It's a type of helium that is found on the moon 
And he's mining it to power the earth, and he's, mm-hmm. what's he, in there for three years? So his contract is three years, and I think he's right. two weeks away from going home. Right. Um. So this happens, like, pretty much at the beginning of those two weeks, and it ends, yeah, at the end of the two weeks. That's right. Just two weeks, yeah. Yep. And he's on a moon base by himself. There's yes. nobody else on the moon. So he's kind of going crazy. It's... um. Yeah, it's it's really good sci-fi. If you like good acting, I I don't think there's too many slow parts in it. No. And it's just really phenomenal acting by Sam Rockwell. If you love Sam Rockwell, you have to see it if you haven't seen it already. If you know who he is. Which most of you should, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anything else you want to say? No, I, I really liked it. I would give it a... Four oh, yeah. out of five. Wow, that's pretty high rating. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll give it a four too. Uh, yeah, really great movie, great acting, and yeah, no spoilers, but good story. Good story. That's right. All right, and that is Death by Exposure. Thank you for joining us for another episode of For My Role. This is Tyler. And this is Vicky. Thanks again. Hello and welcome to For My Role podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Vicky. I thought you were going to do the intro. I just did the intro. Oh, you mean like, oh. (laughs)